Good evening. And on this uh, very beautiful evening, of course, we welcome all our guests and our visitors. And uh, once again, this is a wonderful parish because of all the wonderful people. And um, when you take home a bulletin, you see all the ministries within this parish. And that's possible because of all the talent and goodness of the people. Uh, you are the parish, uh, the body of Christ. And uh, uh, so much good is being done in this parish because of your goodness. You know, uh, sometimes we neglect some of the readings that can really help us in life. And uh, I, I would like to suggest uh, that you might think of consideration of maybe the next couple of weeks uh, to take time to read the epistle of James, the first and second epistle of Peter, and the first epistle of John. They're called the Catholic epistles, by the way. I don't know where they got that name, but they, maybe they're universal. But uh, in the uh, first uh, epistle of James, the, you'll find one of the earliest catechisms of the church and one of the earliest writings of the New Testament. It's very direct. Uh, you don't have to puzzle over the words. Uh, it's what it means to be a Catholic Christian in the world today. In First and Second Peter, uh, we read uh, encouragement in difficult times. And remember that Peter, uh, who wrote this, uh, would die in Rome uh, in crucifixion. And then the first letter of John. Uh, so you should read that so carefully and prayerfully because it teaches us how to love, not with sentimental love or simply human love, but with the love of Jesus, sacrificial love. So you might think about that. And before you read, pray to the Holy Spirit, have a quiet place, don't rush, and let the Spirit speak to you. Now, this Sunday and the last three Sundays and next Sunday, all of our readings have been centered on the sixth chapter of John. And I think we should take a sort of stand back a bit and take a look at things. First of all, when we think of the Eucharist, the central act of the church, the reason why we're here as Catholic, that we've believed from all eternity, our act of faith in the real presence of Jesus Christ, that the institution of the Eucharist is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Gospels. Now it's important to remember that those Gospels were written between the year, the latest, uh, the earliest, the late 60s to the year 80, about that time. So about, you might say, 20, 30, 
50 years after the death of Jesus, after uh, then the church, the memories of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the institution of the Eucharist. When we come to the Gospel of St. John, however, we come to a Gospel that was written much later. Possibly there are some uh, scholars who would say early at around 90, some of them would say even the late 100. So the church reflecting, and also something else, he was writing against heresy people who no longer believed. And so he gives us the theology of the Eucharist in chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel. And you'll notice that if you read it carefully, there's a dialogue, a question and answer. And if you come to the end of it, our Lord doesn't mince any words. He simply says, you want to go away too? This is it. This is the teaching. This is what I brought, my body and blood for all of you. Now, if you would say to me, what's the earliest writing where we have a Christian community, Catholic community, celebrating the Eucharist? Where can we find that? And you'd find that in 1 Corinthians. And I'll read it to you. This is 1 Corinthians, and this was written about the year 51, 52, 53, somewhere in there. Some scholars put it 51, some scholars put it 53. Earliest writing. Notice what St. Paul says. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you. Notice tradition, not a written document. That the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. What else does St. Paul say? Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily will have to answer, for the body and the blood of the Lord. A person should examine himself and so eat the bread and drink the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment to himself. And then St. Paul says something about this community. That is why many of you are ill and infirm in other words, your faith is weak. And uh, he also says that uh, some of you are dying. In other words, you've lost the faith. 
eating and drinking the body and blood of the Lord Jesus unworthily. The earliest writing, the earliest instruction. And notice, St. Paul, what I have been given, I give to you. The teaching of the church, the earliest writing. Now, I'd like to read a prayer, one of the earliest prayers of the church. O sacred banquet, in which Christ is received, the memory of his passion is renewed, the mind is filled with grace, and a pledge of future glory is given to us. In the Latin, the word banquet is convivium. It's, it's a word that you can't really translate. It's something beautiful. It is the living members of the body of Christ coming to celebrate the Eucharist. Living members to celebrate the Eucharist. In which Christ is received. It's not a piece of bread. It's not a wafer. It's not something you hold in your hands and throw away. It's the body and blood of the Lord Jesus, the whole Christ that we receive. His mind, his heart, his will, his passions, his emotions, they become ours and ours become his in the union of the Eucharist, that communion. And then his passion is removed. The memory, it's a memory that is offered it is a sacrifice, a pure and holy sacrifice. It is a sacrifice of praise. It is the continuation of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross in the Eucharist. That's what we're here for. It's not us. It's God giving himself up to us and offering us once again in worship and sacrifice. We're identified with his wounds, with his sufferings, with his sacred heart, crying out, Father. And lastly, the mind is filled with grace. Do you know one of the benefits of the Eucharist? As long as you're not in mortal sin, and you come to the Eucharist in love, in sorrow for your sins, they're forgiven. They're forgiven. Not mortal sin, but all the venial sins. You know, when you come, you've had a bad week, you've said something you shouldn't have said, you've been unkind to someone, Maybe you had words with your wife or your wife had words with you or your children. When you come in sorrow, you're forgiven. And lastly, and a pledge of future glory is given to us. It is the beginning of the resurrection. The beginning of the resurrection each time we receive Jesus, each time we offer the holy sacrifice. And who gives, who's given this promise? The one who died for us. 
the one who said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And if those words should not ring in the hearts of all of us today, they ought to ring tonight. God be with you.